Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Steeler fans, this is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield coming at you with the BTSC Steelers post-game show. I am not alone tonight. With me tonight is actually he's he's an honorary Scobro. I have Daniel J, State of the Steelers. He's with me here tonight for this post-game show. Daniel, how's it going? Man, it's a uh it's a victory night, so I'm I'm doing good. It was an exciting game and a game that I finally can say the Steelers played more than a half. And so I'm excited. They played more than a half. That's very interesting. But did they play all four quarters? We'll have to get to that. Because if you really look at this, this game was almost completely turned around by the third quarter in the wrong way for the Steelers. I mean, they lost the lead and everything, but they were able to come back with a strong fourth quarter. Whoo. Well, let's, let's just go ahead and get into it. We, we've got several things to get into, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, they are victorious 24-17 over the Indianapolis Colts. I should have this up and have it ready. This, this extends the streak of how many times they've beaten the Colts in a row. I think this makes it eight now. These This is usually a number that I know, but my problem is that I've already, for some of the articles that I have to do for BTSC, I've already had to go ahead and start looking at Atlanta Falcons stuff, and they have a decent streak against them, and I'm getting the two confused. So it's it's, it's a pretty impressive streak there, nonetheless. Do you happen to know what the streak is against the Colts? 
I don't, but I do know that Matt Ryan is 0-4 now against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that goes uh, and continues from the Falcons as well. Yeah, so so this week the Steelers played Matt Ryan's new team. Next week they'll play his old team, but we're not worried about next week. We get to live in and enjoy a Steelers victory. And whew, it, it, you know what? Yeah, don't have a lot of these so far this year. You really don't. So when they come along, you have to enjoy. But there's a couple. There, there was a couple firsts here. There's a couple. Do, do you know what? Well, I can think of one main first. Do you, do you know what this first was for the Steelers' first round draft pick of this past year? Is it his first victory on the road? It is his first victory on the road for one Kenneth Shane Pickett. Remember, it's the Steelers' victory. But one stat they do, I know some people don't like it. They throw a fit about it. But they, but the NFL keeps stats for starting quarterbacks of wins and losses. It's his first win on the road. It was also his first win in primetime oh. as well. Well, definitely first win on a Monday in the NFL. We know that because the Steelers, it's their only Monday game of the season. But uh, we'll, we're going to break this out. Before we do, I've got to tell a little story. I've got to tell a little story, and I hope you're okay with this. And I, as a lot of you know, I, I myself, Jeff Hartman, Brian Anthony Davis, we all actually live in Maryland. And this past week, DraftKings, who, who is a sponsor of Espedition, sponsors um, Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride. He has a special DraftKings parlay bet that he does every week. I don't listen to Jeff's parlay. But because they went live in Maryland, we ended up getting a, a promotion where we got some just free bets. And I'm just like, I'm going to do some crazy bets here for, here for the Steelers. And I did some parlays, and I actually hit on some parlays in, in this in in this game, but there was a big one that I did. I decided to go absolutely crazy, and I did uh, I, I did a ten leg parlay for this game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ten picks, ten picks, and, and here here's what they were. Are you ready? Here we go. Kenny Pickett under two hundred and seventy yards passing. Hit. George Pickens, fifty yards or more receiving. Hit. Steelers to have a scoreless quarter. Yeah, unfortunately, they did in the fourth. <laughs> the Colts to have a scoreless quarter. They had that in definitely in the first. We'll get there. The Colts to not have more than three and a half touchdowns. Hit. Okay. The Steelers to not have more than more than three touchdowns. Hit. The Colts to go under 30 points. Hit. Steelers to go over 14 points. Hit. Kenny Pickett to rush for 15 yards or more. Hit. That's nine. You ready? What's a 10? Pat Frermuth, 50 yards receiving. Ooh. Ah, you didn't get it. 10 means nothing. That would have been a $500 win. Instead, oh. it's nothing. But I just thought that was that I, that I, I thought this game was going to be more low, low scoring than this. How, how about you? Were you expecting even I wasn't even expecting anyone to get to the 20s, but the Steelers made it to the 20s. So what was this kind of how it played out for you? Well, I, my prediction was going, you know, going into this game was 17 to nine Steelers. Um, you know, I thought that, you know, with the news of uh, some of the injuries that the Colts had defensively, that the Steelers could have racked up a few more points. Um, 
But, you know, I didn't think that they were going to get over, you know, 30 or, or over 30, but I did think that they would hit that 20 mark once that defense, that, that injury report came out. Um, but I, I thought they played fantastic. Yeah, well, fantastic. the Indianapolis Colts, they're top, believe it or not, they're top five defense going into mm-hmm. this week. Now, a lot of people could say, oh, that has to do with some of the teams that they've played, which which very well could be it. I don't, you know, they play in the in the AFC South, so you you know what's kind of going on with some of those teams. But hey, even even Jacksonville knocked off the Ravens this week. Oh, the Colts, oh. they they held the Eagles under twenty. Yeah, and they held the Eagles under twenty. I mean, and and was leading in that game all the way up until the final two minutes. So it the the Colts defense has been playing well this season. Now they also lost a key defensive player that was in the second half. Um, but so it, it, I'm not ready to say the Steelers did something amazing by scoring more than 20 points against this defense, but because the Colts had the defense, I thought the Steelers offense could struggle. And I will be honest with you. I still feel as well as the Steelers offense did in the first half. It was still a bit of a struggle. They settled for three field goals three field goals and even on one drive they were in field goal range and a sack took them out of it where they had to punt so i would have liked to have seen the steelers they completely outplayed the indianapolis colts in the first half they they really did if you want to look here let's go ahead and break down some of the first half numbers to, to show what the Steelers, how much they outplayed the Colts in the first half. First downs, six, uh, um, 16 to four, the Steelers had the advantage. Third down efficiency, the Steelers were 43%, the Colts were 20%. Uh, total yards, 232 for the Steelers, 71 for the Colts. Time of possession, Steelers 21-58, the Colts 802. Um, the Steelers were, were plus one in the first half in, in turnovers. Um, let's see rushing the Steelers had, I mean, they, they had 116 yards rushing the first half to the Colts 42. The Steelers had a 78% completion percentage in the first half to the Colts 38. It was a dominating performance when it came to the first half, but the score was only 16 to three. And if you look at how the Steelers line that up, one of the things this offense is going, going, you know, if the Steelers don't pull out this game, you're going to look back at that first half and say, gee, look at what happened. And if they could have got taken advantage of that even more, they did enough to win, of course. And obviously we love that, but there's one improvement, even in a great first half that I would say is for them to, not be satisfied with a 13-point lead when you completely dominate a team in that way. Um, do, what, what's your thoughts with, with, with the first half and how that, that all ended up? I mean, the first half was, was, was fantastic. You know, it's, it was reminding me of the first half of last week's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. The offense looked like they were starting to get things together. They were turning that corner. The running game was looking pretty good. Uh, the passing game was looking awesome. Um, I, I felt that Kenny Pickett looked the most comfortable at this mm-hmm. point. Um, he was accurate. He threw the ball down the field. He had one beautiful back shoulder pass to George Pickens mm-hmm. down the sideline in that first half that that I thought to myself, all right, that that's what I want to see. That's the kind of throws that I like to see. I like to see him attacking down the field and doing it accurately. Um, 
you know, I, I thought that, yeah, they, they kind of stuttered a little bit. They got knocked back a little bit. But um, overall, you know, given the young, how young this team is and, and the inexperience they have at key positions, I felt that they did, you know, right on par. You know, when it comes to this point of the season with the, the record that the Steelers have, I'm not really looking at the outcome of the games as much as I'm looking at what happens during the game and how this team is progressing and how they uh, how they look as far as a unit collectively coming together, starting to to gel and to extend the playbook more. And that way we can see a less predictable offense. And I think that they're starting to do that and they're starting to click on those cylinders. And I think they've been doing that now two games in a row in the first half pretty effectively. Yeah, the 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 first half for the last two games. I mean, even the first half, even in, for the last three games, it not quite the same when they were coming out uh, against the Saints. But you know, they still had put up ten points and and did some nice things in, in the first half there as well. Um, let's go ahead and get this one. If I've missed any other super chat along the way, I'm sorry. Please let me know. Um, because I'm also trying to make sure we have our numbers and everything here as well. But I, I know I've got this one, $9.99 in the tip jar from Wilson Pava. says, here we go, Steelers, unbeaten versus Indy since 08. An important win. Hopefully it's the start of a streak. Only team above 500 we face is the Ratbirds, and those are always close. Nine and eight on the way. Question mark. I don't – you know what? I would – as much as I would love to look at the Steelers' overall schedule at, and record at the end of the season, I really feel right now for me, I just want to say, can they win the next one? Can they win the next one? Can they win the next one? And as Mike Tomlin said in the postgame press conference, this is a short week now. They now, you know, one, one less thing. Tomorrow there will be a Mike Tomlin press conference. The players have the day off. They'll be right back out um, on Wednesday. So... I could, I mean, could the Steelers do that? Absolutely. But the only way they're going to get there is to win the next one. I mean, if you're talking nine and eight, that means how many games have got left now? They've got six. You're talking about going five and five, five and one for the rest of the way. I, I'm not ready to go that far because they came through with this win. All I know is that I have confidence that they could also get a win next week. And then after next week, I'll look, I'll look, see what, 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 um, nine and eight. What, what do you think about that, Daniel? I mean, I think it's quite possible. You look, I mean, I, I try not to look too far ahead of the schedule, yeah. but, you know, playing the NFC South, um, and, and really, you know, only having the Baltimore Ravens as the only team with a winning record, um, really does give you hope. But it's like one of those things where, um, with this team, they've given me hope several times this year and it's not worked out. And so at this point, like I was mentioning before, I really want to see the development, especially in the quarterback position and in the offense, you know, you have some uh, draft capital that has been spent on the offensive side. Now you have a first round running back, you have a first round quarterback, yeah. a receiver who was taken in the second round, but easily and probably was overlooked and should have been a first round in Pickens. Yeah. And so I anticipate this team starting to make those, uh, moves towards a great offense similar to when you had a defense that had a lot of first rounders. Now this team's um, fairly young. And so what I'm looking for at this point of, or, or venture in the season is to see progression. Um, is it possible? Yeah, it is. But, you know, I don't want to put that expectation on this young team either at, at the same time. I mean, I, I just, like I said, want to see them really improve more than anything else. 
Exactly. Here, I got another one I got to bring up because Tom, you're, he really, the Steelers have really been hurting our bottom line because Tom likes to give us um, a super chat for the number of wins the Steelers get each season. So right now, Tom is up to $4 into the tip jar. Thank you, Tom. He says um, a dollar for each W. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Yeah, you've just got to enjoy the victories right now and look for the progression. Now we talked about the first half before we break down into all the stats and the offense defense, then, then you had the second half. And, and to me, it really was a, a tale of two quarters. Again, in the third quarter, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense sputtered again. But before that even happened, you had the huge kickoff return. Was it 80? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to find it. The exact, um, the exact amount on that on the coming 89. out of the second half, eighty nine yards all the way down inside in, inside the red zone to the nineteen yard line, set them up for in in four plays. The Colts had had a touchdown, uh, getting right back into it. So special teams, Coach Tomlin mentioned that about the kick coverage. I hate to put so much on one guy, but I'll go ahead and ask you, Daniel. Does, is Miles Boykin's contribution as a gunner and a guy on punt team and on kickoff team, is it that missed that the Steelers were struggling with the kick returns tonight? I mean, it, it has to be. I mean, you look at, at 225 yards total on kick returns, you know, not just that 89-yarder, but they had a 45-yard uh, return as well by Rodgers. Uh, during during the game, it, it's definitely, you know, a lot of people harp on, hey, you know, this guy here, he's just a special teams player. That guy here, he's just a special teams player. They have no value on offense and defense. And, well, this is a game where we see their true value. You know, Benny Snell was playing a lot more football on the uh, offensive side, in which I think he had a fantastic game. Uh, but that also takes him, probably does have some kind of hindrance in his fatigue and his stamina when it comes to playing and covering those kickoffs and punt returns as well. And That's so, point. you know, I definitely do see that as an aspect of it. And it was a huge aspect because it definitely got the Colts back into this game. I mean, if it wasn't for that, yeah. this would have been a runaway. That that was a big turnaround. And that's in that moment, I'm just like, don't tell me this is going to happen again. And that that the Steelers were going to come out flat in the third quarter and things were going to start to 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 fall apart there. I, it, it just seemed like too much of a recipe from the week before, especially when you look at the offense. See, in the first half, I, I mentioned the the difference in the stats. Matt Ryan had a had a had a passer rating of fourteen point six in the first half, as he was five of thirteen for thirty six yards. In the third quarter, it was one hundred and twenty six point three. Because that's when the Colts really started to come around. They had time of possession in the third quarter. I mean, my, my goodness, the Steelers only had the ball for less than three minutes in the third quarter. They had two three and outs. They failed to convert on a third and one. It was actually, I'm pretty sure it was a second and one that, or, or, or no, no, it was a, it, I think it was a second and, and someone, and second and three. And they only got to where there was one more yard. The one thing I didn't like about that is they came to the line, ran it quick. Don't mind that. But on a third and one, they ran a run play out of shotgun. Do you do you like that when you're just trying to bruise for that one yard 
of doing a run play out of shotgun or, or am I reading a little bit, you know, is that a little bit too much results driven from, for me that, Hey, if they'd have got it, it'd have been great, but they didn't. Um, did, did you have an issue with that one? Was that the one where they did that with, 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 it was with McFarland? McFarland. Yes. Yeah. I had a problem with the personnel and doing that. You know, if that was Benny Snell doing that from a shotgun position, Instead of Anthony McFarland from one yard out, I don't think Ant Mac is that type of running back. You know, that bruiser, that guy yeah. that's going to get you that one yarder when when the defense is expecting a possible run. Yeah, and so I think that may have probably led a lot more to it. But I did notice in the second half that this team was running. It almost seemed like they ran the same running play twice in a row, and I think they did that two different times. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be extremely frustrating. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, sometimes you run the same play in a row and you catch them off guard. Uh, that that that's true. That's that is true. something you can do. Um, does it always work? Not necessarily. I know there was there was some tape floating around where you could hear on the TV where some of the Colts players they're still they're running the same play. Well, you know what? They were running the same play effectively. Yeah, you know. So that was one thing, and I, I know what you mean. Because with McFarland in there, I think it does, you know, running out of shotgun is, isn't as bad. The reason I don't, I think running out of shotgun is very effective when the other team isn't sure if you're going to run or pass. I think when you're going quick on third and one, they were really ready for the run. And that's why they were uh, effective at, at stopping it. I would have been much more happy to for Kenny Pickett to go under center and sneak it, but you know, but who's to say they wouldn't they wouldn't have as soon as he was under center be completely ready for that as well. But that was their first missed conversion on a, on a third down. Then on their second drive, it was a third and two, and that's when uh, Pickett threw the ball for pick for for Pickens to catch it going to the ground. And on the replay, it just looked like his arms weren't turned. I mean, it, he didn't look like he was catching it in a natural way. So, and that was I would consider that a drop on that one and that that killed that drive. So once again it's it's the, the Steelers were doing well on for a couple of plays and setting themselves up with third and short and just weren't quite coming through with that um on at, at the at the worst possible time. Um a, any other things to say about the about the two three and outs in the third quarter? Well, I think that's just the struggles of a young offense. I mean, you're going to yeah. you're going to have those issues um, yeah, with George Pickens dropping that one ball, not getting his hands around, uh, you know, I've kind of noticed that about him. Sometimes he seems to get a little overconfident and perhaps where either he's trying to catch one, one handed or, um, you know, just not really putting his hands in the right spot. And it, and it just turns out wrong for him. But I think he's, he's a fantastic player. He's also young as well. And I think these guys are just going to have to grow out of it and eventually, you know, get to a uh, uh, a point where they're a little bit more effective and consistent. But, you know, it's just, in my opinion, the effects of a young team. Um, those things are going to happen. There's some growing pains. And regardless of how many games we are into the season, uh, this is still what pick its seventh game as a starter. And so it's, uh, you know, a lot of the, the competition that he's playing against have been playing for the entire season. And so he's a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to that as well. Um, but you know, yeah, it's frustrating as those things are are difficult to see. You think that the Steelers put themselves in an optimum position, third and two, third and one, and they can't get the first down. And it really puts, put, put the defense in a, in a, in a terrible hole. 
I mean, we were able to see what the, uh, you know, the Colts were able to do in those situations. Where it, was, it seemed like the momentum was starting to shift in the, uh, in the wrong direction. And it just really felt like, man, here comes the status quo again, so to speak, where, you know, the team does well for half a game and then they start struggling offensively in the second half. But, you know, more than anything, I'm glad that this team bounced back and they were able to turn that around because that's something that this team needed to do. Up until that point or up until this point, they haven't been able to do that. They haven't turned it around once things started to roll downhill. Once it started to roll downhill, it just kind of seems like it would snowball effect and they were yeah. able to stop it this time around and really turn it around. And that's kind of like goes back to what I'm saying. You want to see those things. You want to see that out of a young team and developing in the right direction. Well, and and the third quarter, it could have even been worse because between those two three and outs was where the Colts got the ball. They're driving. They go to kick a field goal. Cam Sutton jumps offside. Now, I, I he shouldn't have jumped. It almost looked like he was back before they snapped the ball. But that's, to, to me, that's whether he got back in time or not, you, you can't jump in that situation. So I'm not excusing it, even though it, it was really close. Um, I didn't even think about it until I went and watched the replay. I'm like, wow, was he actually offsides? But regardless, you, you can't do that in that situation. I actually put out a tweet. I'm like, uh, do you realize that Cam Sutton jumping offsides actually saved the Steelers three points? Because ultimately – you know, they, they get they get what you thought was going to be the stop at another field goal, but you had the pass interference on Minka Fitzpatrick, which at first look, I didn't think was pass interference because he had the black sleeve on that was going around the blue jersey around the waist. I didn't see his arm around of the, around the jersey. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he didn't have a black sleeve on. He didn't have a he didn't have a white sleeve on. Maybe I should say that, or maybe even had no sleeves. Um, but. Then they get the fumble. They get the fumble recovery. So that was a huge play there. Um, good job, Chris Wormley, for not just thinking that Matt Ryan's definitely fallen on it to get it. Because everyone watching on TV, and maybe not everyone, but most people watching on TV and in the stadium, the way Matt Ryan fell down, you just assume he fell on the ball. But he couldn't bring it in, and Wormley stuck with it and 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 got it. And that was a just think of the difference in that. If they score a touchdown there, they're getting 21 points in the third quarter, not 14. So even though the Steelers turn around, get the three, have another three and out, the Colts score right before the end of the quarter. The Steelers' last two plays of the third quarter is an incompletion to Pickens on the sideline that he just that he that he bobbled just a little bit um, to, to make it be the incompletion and a one and a one yard run. So they're coming out of the break of the quarter looking like it's going to be another three and out, and everything changed from that moment. That It's it's at that moment it almost felt like the Steelers are like, oh, no, this quarter is ours. They got the conversion on the third on the long third down and got 15 yards beyond that for roughing the passer. They march the ball down the field. They punch it in with Benny Snell. They get the two-point conversion, pick it to Pickens, and the Steelers are back up by seven. And then what do they do? They force the Colts into a three and out. And that just kind of showed that things things were changing there um, as, as they went. Would have loved to have seen the offense uh, – you know, ended a little bit more. I mean, it's great they got the ball back. They got a first down, um, but uh, but that that was it beyond there. Um, 
and then the defense was able to to get the job done to to close it out the end. Um, uh, and any thoughts, real quick, on the fourth quarter before we look at some individual position groups? I thought that that two point conversion play from Pickett to Pickens was one of the best throws that I've seen Pickett have, and that was one of the throws that I've been looking for him to throw. Uh, I've been uh, not the not the uh, I've been a little bit critical of Pickett's performance up to this point, just because of uh, it's been a little bit average, and um, I've been kind of saying, you know, I want to see a throw that's an NFL throw that's a can't teach type of throw and him moving on the run throwing in the corner while it well he um you know to a receiver low in a way where he can only catch the ball and you know it's a tight spot back there and he was able to do that on the move man that 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 answered a lot of questions for me yeah um you know the drive the the no quit i mean this could have easily turned into a lot of the games that have happened for the pittsburgh steelers this year Whereas just like, you know, they're doing some good stuff, but they just can't do a complete game. Yeah. And I felt that they uh they finally put a um they put a stop to that. Now, is there's there room for improvement? A lot of it, yes. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> but as Mike Tomlin, he said it last year, you know, he even said it back when the Steelers had their win streak to start 2020. The goal is to you're always looking to improve. You need to improve. You're not a finished product. The thing is, can you win along the way? And the Steelers haven't been able to figure out a way to win along the way this season. But this was one where they got a win along the way. And to me, they played a good three quarters of football, which was the difference then from from last week um, in in order to get the win. And they got the the, the timely takeaways. Um we're, we're three straight games. The Steelers, I don't really want to say it, but it is what it is. Since the bye week, the Pittsburgh Steelers have not turned the football over. Yeah. And, and I thought yeah. that was, I thought the bye week was going to be huge, especially for this young offense. They were struggling. They were, they were uh, going the wrong direction in many parts. I'm not saying that after the bye week, they've gone completely up, but. I can say that they turned around and turned that corner after the bye week. And sometimes you just need a break from not just physically, but mentally just to kind of let things check in and just kind of let things click, so to speak. And I think that's where they're at. They're, they're on their way. I think they're going to be okay. I think the, the, the schedule the rest of the year isn't that daunting. And so I think that the, at, at any, you know, regardless of what the outcome is at the end of the year, whether or not this team does enough to even have a winning record, I think they have enough to build some confidence going into next year to really take that next step forward. Yeah, and and the biggest thing with this with the Steelers having success on offense with their young quarterback and he's looked better and he's taking care of the ball is having a run game. They've had a run game ever since the the bye week. Once again, here are the Steelers. Uh, let's see. Trying, trying to to bring it up once again, they had 172 yards rushing on 36 carries. 172 yards rushing on 36 carries. That's a 4.8 average. Let's go ahead and start to get into it a little bit, even though we're going to have to take a break here soon. What are your thoughts on the Steelers' run game once again this week with Najee Harris leaving the game 
just before halftime in what they call an abdominal injury. It was the only injury the coach Tallman talked about in the in the postgame press conference. Steelers had to lean on Benny Snell Jr. and Anthony McFarland Jr. with with Jalen Warren ruled out before the game. What do you think of the Steelers? Basically, number three and number four running backs being able to come in and get the job done, along with Kenny Pickett also getting 30 yards rushing himself. Man, I think this is just a test testament to the offensive line coming together. I know they gave up a couple of sacks, but you know, earlier this season the running game was was poor. Now, some yes. of that could have been uh, Najee being hurt and, and maybe not making the best decisions when he started to dance instead of going forward. But at the same time, the offensive line wasn't that great. Now, you know, Mason Cole's still dealing with an injury. So in my opinion, this offensive line can even get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a testament to them gelling and getting back, getting together and building that chemistry. You know, there was a lot of turmoil earlier on this season. And I, I felt like a lot of it had to do with the fact that you had two interior offensive linemen that it was their first year on the job here with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mason Cole and James Daniels. And, and Daniels is probably the captain of the offensive line. And so him being here for the first year was going to take some time for this team to get together, for them to gel and start working collectively as a unit. And I think we're starting to see that. And we're starting to see more of how this team can run the ball as well. You know, there's some shifting and motion going back and forth uh, pre-snap, which can lead or indicate that they're probably going to run. I've kind of noticed that when they start doing some formation moves. It usually is a run, but they're getting to a point where they're showing so much as far as possibilities as to who they're going to hand the ball off to, whether it's the quarterback keeping it, handing it off to the running back or handing it off to the receiver in motion, that it's starting to make the uh, the defense respect it a little bit. And that's putting some more uh, as big, making some more running lanes for these running backs. And I think they're really taking advantage of it and they're starting to really play that as a team. And and you're looking at uh, Jalen Warren, you know, prior to today having some success. You're looking at Anthony McFarland having success, Najee Harris having success, Benny Snell having success. And that tells me that the offensive line is having success. Yeah, and I, I didn't even run it down for the running backs. Benny Snell, 62 yards on 12 carries, 5.2-yard average. Anthony McFarland, 30 yards on 6 carries, 5.0-yard average. Najee Harris, 35 yards on 10 carries, 3.5 average. Forgot to mention both Benny Snell and Najee Harris rushing touchdowns. Kenny Pickett, I'd already said, 32 yards on six carries, 5.3 average. Derek Wad had a four-yard carry, and Gunnar O had a nine-yard carry on the jet sweep. You know, people want to complain about the jet sweep. They've ran it one time, and it works. Um, so, and and I felt, honestly, that they ran it at a good time when they did, too. So that, that was really nice. You hit. I was going to say about the run blocking next, but you you really hit it that the Steelers they have a young offensive line. But because think about it, you know J- James Daniels is not he, he's at second contract, not that old. Chuk's a core four second contract. He's what a, a year older than Kenny Pickett. I mean they were the same age before he had his before Chuk's had his birthday. And you know one's a rookie, one's on a second contract. They're Dan Moore Jr. second year. Not that they're a perfect line, but they are young. Uh, you know, Kevin Dotson, he's in his third season. Um, I don't know how many seasons Mason, Mason Cole, he might actually be 
age-wise, the, the oldest guy of the starters, if I'd have to go back and look at it, but even so, he's it's it's not very much, but you knew it was going to take some time for this line to come to better or come together to be better. And they started off much better than I thought they would at the beginning of the year. I kind of thought I was ready for it to be an absolute disaster to start. And they started off better, especially in the pass protection, but they really have come on in, in the run game. And now they're not perfect, but Kenny Pickett's not making a perfect throw every time. He'll, he'll occasionally have that, have that errant pass. Just like occasionally you'll have Dan, Dan Moore Jr. set set up to to not let uh, who was it and Gakwe rush to the outside and he makes a great move to the inside to where he's there for the sack on Kenny Pickett when he steps right up into it. That's going to happen. You're not good. I, I, it's not like they're going to hold the pocket for ten seconds every, every play, and it's not like there's going to be a five yard wide hole to run through every play but they are doing some really nice things a lot of the time and and that's really the key i think what comes to the offensive line Hello, let's transition what about the pass blocking well they gave up a few sacks there mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'll, I'll i'll let you know kenny pickett was what wait where'd he go hold on he was sacked three times uh for 23 yards uh yeah, that one because it was too too close together. I don't know if that was on Dan Moore Jr. should have been looking outside to the far out defender, or if there was three eligible receivers out there. I don't know if they all should have been going out. That one seemed kind of weird to me. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, there was some. Uh, I think that the the Colts did some 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 things to trick. Uh, the offensive line and Kenny Pickett. There was some times where you saw a free man going through mm-hmm. the line. Uh, you know, like again, this is a young, young line, and and the quarterback has a lot to do with the protection as much as the line does, as far as aligning the line and and, and calling out blitzers and things of that nature. And so, when you look at both of those things, um, I think that throughout the game, as the game progressed, I think the Steelers' offensive line did better. I think Kenny Pickett did better as far as you know calling those protections. I could be wrong, but I think those three sacks came in the first half. And so um, I don't remember if he got sacked in the second half. I know two of them were on the same drive that cost them a field goal and drove them back here. I'll, I'll, I'll check it here real quick. Uh, two were in the first half. There was one in the second half. Yeah. And, and so I, I felt like the, the, like the two in the first half, like the one in the second half, well, there's only one. So it did seem like they got better, you know, cutting it in half, so to speak. But you know, like I said, it's a young offensive line. It's a young quarterback that's calling out these protections, that's looking at this team. And they're going to – he's going to get confused. He's going to get tricked, this offensive line. Those things are going to happen. Those are growing pains that come with uh, with growing a young offense together. But, yeah, I mean, those are things that are also going to have to be cleaned up because, you know, Kenny Pickett can't be taking hits like that all the time. You know, yeah. he's t- he took a few that, you know, didn't turn into sacks, but they were uh, – he had a lot of pressure in his face. And that's that's the other thing that is really shining through um, when it comes to Kenny is that you really can't blitz him because he he can find the the hot route and the open guy and get the ball out quick enough when he's when he reads the the blitz and he can hurt a team. And so I think I think the offensive line is doing better. Um, pass block, uh, I think he had some time, but like I said, you have those three sacks. Those three sacks need to be cleaned up. Um, you know, he, he 
I would prefer to maybe round one and a half, one uh, per game, given, like I said, this is a young team and a uh, rookie and, and young players in key places. Those things are going to happen. So they can cut them down in half or so or a little bit more than that. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. But overall, again, not that major of a concern at this at this point, but it's still something they got to keep the lid on. Yeah. And I noticed I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making sure we don't have any super chats. There was someone that said, you know, Dan Moore Jr. had a terrible game. Then you weren't watching him in, in, in run blocking because he actually was doing a really nice job with, with, with run blocking. Um, on, I mean, the, 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 the one play where I think Benny Snell busted for 16 yards, he, he made a fantastic block there. Um, so that's the thing. You're going to have sometimes with some of these young guys where they have a rough, you know, they, they might have a rough game in pass protection, but do well in run blocking. And then you w- want to get everything a little bit more solid. Now, the Kenny Pickett sack in the second half, that was one that where they actually did blitz. And they, there was also a holding call that was declined. Um, it was on a second and seven, which forced a third and 13, which, which killed, you know, after the Steelers got a first down, that was their last offensive possession that basically killed that drive to where they gave it back to the Colts, not counting the, the kneel down, meaning the last offensive possession. So that, that did come at a key moment, but let's go ahead and look at it. That, uh, with, with some of these stats here with, uh, you know, we, we have Kenny Pickett for the game. He was 20 for 28 for 174 yards, uh, no passing touchdowns. Um, when it came to the receiving side of things, uh, the, the leading receiver yardage-wise was George Pickens with 57 yards on three catches and six targets. Then you had Deontay Johnson. He had five catches for 49 yards on eight targets um, and a very frustrating play where he could have gone forward to get the first down, but instead he tried to go out and around and – just another one of those. Um, Pat Frermuth, he's the one that cost me 500 bucks. Um, well, not he didn't because he was only targeted four times, had three receptions for 39 yards. Anthony McFarlane had two, two receptions on two targets for 11 yards. Steven Sims targeted three times, two receptions, nine yards. Benny Snell, one reception, six yards. All, all these guys were just targeted one time. They had one reception. Najee Harris, one reception, four yards. Cody White, one for two. Derek Watt, one for one. And Zach Gentry, one for negative four. What's your overall thoughts on the Steelers' passing game to to kind of tie up the offense before we take our break? I mean, I think that you, you want to see more. You want to see more than 174 yards total passing. You want to see the ball go into the end zone uh, through the air at least once. Um, and, and I get it, you know, you want to see more, uh, but they did enough to win this game and they did enough to show progression and they did enough to, to show me that they're on the right track. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I personally would have liked to have seen, you know, um, pick it somewhere around the 250 yard mark, um, at least one touchdown, but the biggest stat there is no interceptions, no turnovers. And so when yeah. you look at what they were able to do with that as a as a big key, you know, stat there, no turnovers and then you you know you end up coming up with the win. The rest of it is just, you know, um you know the cherry on the top so to speak. I think they did what they needed to do. They they had a game plan and they were effective in their game plan and they um and they won the game. Um I think that Deontay Johnson caught a ball, went backwards at one point. Yeah. He had another one that he dropped in the end zone that that was really in his hands. Yeah. 
And so, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, coming into this week, hey, you got to get Deontay Johnson involved more. You got to get him involved more. And I'm not against that 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 uh, opinion. However, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but the more we've gotten, gotten away from Deontay, the less drop balls there have been, in my opinion. Not yeah, well, he's yeah, I, I know what you mean, but Je- Jeffrey Benedict brings this up a lot. When when Dante, when Deontay Johnson is targeted, I think it's double digit targets. I don't know exactly what his number is, that it's actually when the Steelers offense is worse, when he gets targeted too much. And, and the, and he did a lot with Ben Roethlisberger with this, when he would lock in on Deontay Johnson and look his way, the, the offense was, was, was less efficient. So I understand that, you know, Deontay Johnson, he gets open and everything. And yeah, he should be getting the ball thrown his way. But so should George Pickens. And honestly, so should Pat Firemuth. You know, all, all these guys, and there's only one football for all these for, for all these guys that are out there to catch it. So I think they did a good job of getting the ball more. You can't complain that he doesn't have a touchdown when he didn't come down with it. I don't know that I would call that a drop. Um, I'm well, people might call that a drop. <laughs> Excuse me, you might call that a drop, but I don't think those that actually keep track of drops, remember, it's not an official NFL statistic, are going to do that because the defender did have his arm in there. Whether or not that caused the ball to fall out or not, they don't judge it in that way. They look at a drop when no one else is there, no defender could could make you, distract you, and you just drop the ball. But like I said, that's not an official NFL stat anyway, so it's it's really tough to judge those. But I, I think the passing game has been complimentary. It has been enough of what it needs to be to go along with the running game in order for the Steelers' offense to be successful, I think is the best way to say it. You think that's a, a fair um, evaluation? Oh, I think so, definitely. I mean, you're looking at this team, like you said, you know, coming back from the bye week uh, – Running the ball, they've done a, a fantastic job coming back from the bye week and since then. And I think that, you know, when you look at the the, the passing game, they don't need to hit that 300 yards or get the gaudy yeah. numbers as long as the running game is doing what they're doing. The, the time of possession in the first half was huge for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. You know, they, well, they the first controlled. quarter went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it did. Yeah, it did. The, and, and you saw the defense playing lively. You saw them you know, back and forth across the field. They were, they were fast. They were, it appeared that they were blitzing more. I'm not sure if that was the fact or, or if they were just, you know, not fatigued and able to apply pressure, you know, in that second half, the, the three and outs and whatnot kind of was demoralizing also on the defense. You can see that whole momentum change. And, and so, um, you know, I, I think that the passing game or, I think is offensively they did fine, but you're absolutely right. It, it if the pat, if the running game wasn't there, then this game doesn't look as well. Uh, you know, then you start looking at under 200 yards. You start looking at a quarterback that didn't throw it into the end zone. And so you're absolutely right. The running game is, I think the, uh, the identity of this team and needs to be the identity of this team, especially what, what we've been seeing from this team since the bye week and the uh, and the passing game needs to complement it. You're absolutely right. Yep. All right. Well, we've gone way over in the first half. We're going to have a much shorter second half. So if you're here with us on, on YouTube or Facebook, we're not going anywhere. Just give it a couple seconds. For those of you here on the audio, uh, uh, here's a word from our sponsors. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. As Daniel likes to say, thanks for sticking with me through the break. Uh, if you're not checking out his show, State of the Steelers, on Saturday morning, or is it mornings? Yeah, yeah, yours is, mornings. Yours, yours is mornings. Because um, I, I don't, I'll be honest with you, by the time I get around to a podcast on a Saturday, it didn't matter which one came out at which time because I'm, <laughs> it's going to be later in the day for me. Um, so ma- make sure you're, you're checking it out. For those of you that are here and you're like, all right, where's Jeff? Where's, where's Bad? Jeff's got a winners and losers let's ride special coming out in the morning. He's recording that. Brian has bad language that's coming out tomorrow. He's taking care of that. Therefore, I'm I'm here. I'm representing one third of the trifecta, and then of course Daniel J steps up to to come in here and give us some great post game analysis from this Steelers win. Um, something that was brought up in the comments that I saw briefly that I want to say to kind of put a bow on the offense as we talk about the defense a little bit, and and that is the number of passing attempts being down for Kenny Pickett. That really is important. I mean, he had 28 passing attempts. He Yeah, he was sacked three times, so, we, so that was at least 31 drawbacks, but he also had some running play. He had, of his six running plays, I think at least three of them were scrambles. I know of two that were definitely designed quarterback draws, at least two, maybe a third. I might be off with my number a little bit, but that I also felt that when he took off with the ball on a pass play, it was less about the protection and more about guys being covered. Now the one that one was where George Pickens, he was open deep, but the pressure didn't allow Pickett to throw that ball. So he did just take off with it um, because he didn't have anyone um, that, that was an easier throw. Uh, But I kind of like how Kenny Pickett's going with that. Anything you want to say about that before we roll to the defense? Yeah, no, I, I think Kenny Pickett is choosing his times to run the ball effectively i think that his first you know uh choice when he runs the ball or move or goes into motion or starts moving around in the pocket is to throw down the field you know i really like that aspect of his game it's not you know his first instinct isn't to always just run and 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 take off as far as designated runs i believe they had two quarterback draws in succession there at one drive so i know for they had at least two of them yeah Uh, i was thinking it was three but i can't remember for sure it was probably three, um, but yeah, no, I think that when you bring up his his pass attempts being under 30, I think that's a big, big stat. You know, when he first came, you know, started for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in his first four games that he was playing, I think that the Steelers game plan of having him throw so many times was the wrong idea. Mm-hmm. You know, not even Ben Roethlisberger in his rookie year uh, was asked to throw the ball over 30 times. In fact, I think there was a stat for the for the longest time that Ben didn't win games when he had to throw it over thirty times, and so he didn't hit thirty until the postseason of his rookie year. You know, he he three one in in their 
game against the Jets his rookie year in their first playoff game, he threw 30 times. Other than that, he never hit 30 as a rookie and didn't hit it until partway through his second year. So exactly. that's the number there. Exactly. And and Ben did Ben did fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody yeah I'm knows. not gonna complain. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that um, you know, the passing game, the the Kenny Pickett's um decision making as far as when he wants to throw the ball down the field and when he wants to run the ball, it's point. It's on point right now. I think it's actually probably ahead of where you would expect it for a rookie quarterback. You'd yeah. probably expect a rookie quarterback to take the ball and tuck it in and run a little bit more often, especially with a guy that has wheels like Kenny Pickett. It's He's very underrated when he comes to that. I think there's been a couple of times where he's – been uh marked at running over 20 miles an hour on the uh, on the field there mm-hmm. and so you know you got wheels like that and you're able to move you know sometimes that those type of quarterbacks tend to want to run the ball you know as their first instinct and that's not his is to you know make a play down the field and i really like that about him yeah yeah well let's let's go ahead and roll into the defense here um, let's, we'll start off with the run defense, the Colts they're on 25 carries. They had 110 rushing yards. That's 4.4, uh, yards per carry. If it wasn't for the Matt Ryan scramble for 14 yards, which my goodness, Matt Ryan scrambled for 14 yards there on that last drive, they had them under a hundred yards. Um, that one was just that, that one of those things, but you know, you can't take it away. So it ended up being 110 yards is what the Steelers uh, surrendered in the running game. Uh, the leading tacklers for the Steelers was Devin Bush had eight total tackles. Micah Fitzpatrick had seven um, as did miles Jack Terrell Edmonds, six uh, Millette and Highsmith both had six Levi Wallace and Larry Ogunjobi five um, Malik Malik Reed four. I, I saw him in a good way more than I'd, than I remember seeing him in the past. Uh, T.J. Watt had three tackles, as did uh, so did Montrevious Adams. Wormley had two, and then Sutton, Casey, and Hamward and Hay- and Cam Hayward um, all had one tackle. Um, so let's just go with it from that from that point of view. The Steelers' run defense. What what did you think of that tonight? I mean, you, you got to look at who you're playing against. You're playing against Jonathan Taylor. This guy is a uh, an elite running back in my opinion. I'd call him top three. I'd call him top three in the NFL. Exactly. And so when you look at who you're going up against and you're looking at, you know, I know the Colts have had some question marks when it comes to their offensive line, but, you know, I think he was still averaging over four yards carry before this game. You know, I think they did a good job. You know, you have to put some context with what you're doing or what you're looking at. And you're looking at a top tier running back in this game. And the Steelers stopped him for under 100 yards. I, I put that in the 20 carries column. for 86 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I would put that in the win column for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, letting Matt Ryan run for 14 yards. That, one's, that was, yeah, that, that one was funny. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, that's an outlier. You're not expecting that. You're probably not even, you know, practicing for that. Um, and then you, you also have your starting linebacker and Robert Spillane not play. That's a, that's a big thing. Was that was that a negative? A lot of Steelers fans might say, or were there or a lot of people happy? Um, there was still people at uh, at behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, um, in the comments section. You know who love Mark Mark Robinson saying, "Oh, this is going to get game when he comes on." Like, do you really think he's going to? Because he just because he got a helmet because Spillane was out. Do you really think he's going to see any snaps? I don't know that Devin Bush left the field. Um, 
the whole game. I thought maybe they would even use someone like a Marcus Allen um, in obvious passing situations. Like explain, they I don't think they did that at all. I think they stuck with their with their guys. Um, but I think they were more focused on the run the whole night when it right. came to, to the linebacker position. And yeah, um, Jonathan Taylor is a good running back. He is. And it's not like the Steelers shut him down. I wouldn't call this a dominating run defense performance. You know, they, they, they hadn't given up a hundred yards total in the last two games, you know, added together and they gave up 110 tonight. So it, it, it wasn't the same, but to me, that was strength on strength of this game. It was the Colts rushing attack and the Steelers rushing defense. And um, the big thing is, yeah, 110 yards, but the most important thing was honestly 24 to 17 um, when, when it came down to it. They did, an, they did enough in, in the rush defense to get it done. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and like I said, the this team, you know, with so many few wins that have come into the in the win column this year, you know, there's just so many positives to look at this game. It's like, uh, you know, you can't go into this game and say, oh, you know, they barely won or they beat a poor team. The Steelers weren't the best team going into it. It's not like they were playing down to the competition. This is, you know, it's it's a team that they beat, and I think we should look at what they've done all across the board as positive and looking in the right in the right direction, and this team moving in the right direction. Yes, and now, now let's transition into the to the passing game. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it all together, not just the secondary, the pass rush. I'm just let's just we'll look at it all together. And it was Matt Ryan was uh, 22 of 34 for 199 yards. He was sacked three times. He had one touchdown, one interception, um, a 77.9 rating. Um, leading receiver for the Colts was Jelani Woods. Tight end. I'm pretty sure he's a rookie tight end. Uh, eight receptions, 98 yards on nine targets. Then you had Michael Pittman Jr., who had 61 yards on seven receptions, but 11 targets. Um, that, other than that, Mo Alley Cox had 14 yards on two catches. Uh, Paris Campbell had 14 yards on two catches, and Jonathan Taylor had 12 yards on three catches. That it was pretty much the two receivers um, that that did the damage, any kind of damage against the Steelers. There, when it came to the Steelers' uh, defense, they had five pass defense. Um, Devin Bush had one. Levi Wallace had two. Cam Sutton had one. James Pierre had one. See, T.J. Watt got his hand on the ball at the line of scrimmage, but it ended up being caught. So I guess it don't count that. Um, the the Steelers they they only got three sacks they had eight quarterback hits, um, which I, I didn't say this on the on the flip side with the Colts they had the three sacks but that was only on three quarterback hits Kenny Pickett wasn't hit otherwise other than the sacks, um, of the this and like I said of the three sacks for the Steelers it was Terrell Edmonds Arthur Millette and Alex Highsmith so two of them came from the secondary, um, in all. Steelers pass defense, both in the pass rush and what they were doing. Uh, overall thoughts on that for tonight. Oh, I thought they did great. I mean, if you know, that interception from James Pierre was was that was awesome. Yeah, that, that was that, that was a nice play. That was a nice play. Now, one thing I will say about this defensive secondary is that I haven't I know I'm sure it's been deployed and I'm sure it's out there, but I, I it hasn't been popping off the screen which is this three safety set that we're supposed to be looking at KZ Edmonds Minka. It's supposed to be a powerhouse defense that hasn't been deployed all year and going to trick some folks. And 
I really haven't, it hasn't popped off the screen for me. Maybe it is working and it's just not, you know, noticeable, but I haven't seen it pop off the screen. And I think Devin Bush has played significantly better uh, this year and this, you know, also since the bye week as well. I'm not saying he was poor before then, but I, I think he's popping off the screen as a uh, as a pretty good middle linebacker. Um, but in coverage, yeah, I think they did they did good. I think uh, Wallace had a pretty good game. Uh, I I expected more um, sacks out of this game. Yeah, I thought that the Steelers were going to hit five. I, I thought they'd know. get four. Yeah, I and thought they, all, you know, they almost did. They almost did, and and but you know Matt Ryan, you can't take it away from him. His ability to just slightly move in the pocket to get out of the way w- was shown tonight. You know, I saw that several times where I'm like, oh, we got him, we got him, and he just moves a little bit in the pocket and just the slide, just the shift is kind of all he's got to do, and just enough to get out of the way. And I don't know about you, I I could tell. He was specifically paying attention to TJ Watt. To, mm-hmm. When he threw that one ball way out of the end zone and a couple other times, that was when he knew TJ Watt was close to him. He was he was not afraid to get rid of the ball. Yeah. That that was that was who he was king on. And I thought I saw I saw a lot of help with TJ Watt tonight, too. Mm-hmm. I thought. Um, it's in key obvious passing downs was the biggest ones that they're that they were going to have someone help out with him. Oh, for sure. I mean, you have a guy that is as dynamic and, um, you know, the reigning defensive player of the year. Now, of course, he's coming off of his pectoral injury. That's kind of, you know, not made TJ TJ. There's it's noticeable a little bit to a certain extent, but he's still better than I want to say 80 percent of the, the, the edge rushers that are out there, even at this point of of where he's at at this season with his injury. Uh, you know, he's still dynamic. He's still somebody that they have to, uh, you know, scheme against and what that's doing is that's allowing for some favorable matchups with Alex Highsmith with Larry Ogunjobi with Cam Hayward and I think Alex Highsmith is having a year and he showed up again today yeah. um I, I think he's doing a fantastic job you know before the season started I, I kind of I don't want to say I I called him out or anything like that but I said you know six sacks isn't going to do it he needs to get double digit sacks this year and I mean he's on his way he, mm-hmm. if he's not already there yet and I think this is by far his best season and, and no better time for himself. You know, next year's his final year on contract. So, you know, if he wants an extension or a long-term career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I think that it would probably be smart of the Pittsburgh Steelers to extend him, mm-hmm. um, you know, he would need it to have one of these type of years. And he's doing amazing this year, in my opinion. Yes. I think he's made a really nice step. Uh, Justin Gall gave us four ninety nine of the tip chart. Justin, I saw it there. I was going, I knew I was waiting for it. I knew we were going to talk about him eventually. He says, my game ball goes to Alex Highsmith. He made two really big plays in key moments there. He got the sack when they really needed that. And because it just kind of threw things off, I was, you could tell that coach Saturday he was saving those timeouts just in case. He did not want to use one in case they didn't get a conversion. They could use three timeouts and still have a chance that he was ultimately doing. I love coaches holding on to their timeouts. I was very frustrated with the Steelers calling timeout with a minute 45 and a minute 20 left in the first half when they were when they were getting down close to score. I'm like, it's almost like the Steelers are trying to give the Colts more time to give them a chance to kick a field goal. I mean, when you when you do that, and then and then you're on offense, and the other team is calling timeouts before the half, that tells you that they're wanting clock, not that you're 
worry about that. But anyway, so Coach Saturday, he's doing that. But Alex Highsmith got that sack in a key spot. Now, did Matt Ryan scramble and and and, and everything on on the next play to 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 set it up uh, to where it was then a, a, a short play? Absolutely. But then what happened? Alex Highsmith gets a huge stop of Jonathan Taylor on was that the very next play I'm, I'm trying after after the scramble I'm trying it's kind of all mixing together there at the end um um yes I think so. it was the very so so at, they just converted the fourth and three the very next play Highsmith gets the sack then after that they Matt Ryan scramble, so it's it's third and three, and Highsmith comes through and gets a big stop on the run play on Jonathan Taylor, no gain, and Indy had no choice but to call a timeout there, um, the because they 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 thought they would you know hey we'll catch him off guard we'll run we'll get the first down, and no and that just and that set up that fourth and three play to finish the game. I think Alex Highsmith came through with two very big, important plays um, right when, when you needed it. Um, anything else you want to say about the defense here before we give our final thoughts and, and head out of here on this Tuesday morning Pittsburgh time? <laughs> no, I'm just glad that the Pittsburgh Steelers won this game. I think that, you know, outside of uh, kicking coverage, um, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers play a, a – a game that was um, all sides. I mean, you know, we talked before the uh, the show when you were talking about uh, game balls and who that fifth one might be. And I think that that fifth one might actually have to go to Matt Wright. He had a 52-yard field goal. That, he was that, three for three on field goals. One. Yeah, it, it wasn't his fault that the uh, kicking coverage team <laughs> didn't come to play. Yeah. You know, he, he, he was the putting ball. them in the end zone exactly. and they were bringing them out. Yeah, exactly. You know, he was putting them in the end zone. Uh, defensively, I think they did a fantastic job. Even when they were, you know, had their backs up against the wall, they were able to commit, you know, cause turnovers, cause stops. And, you know, this was a team win, in my opinion. And uh, this is what you want to see from the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. It's the team win coming together collectively and putting their best foot forward. Now it's time to to stack wins and do two of them in a row. That's the next step. You know, the first step was – you know, playing a full game, you know, I know at this point there's a little bit of a question mark in that third quarter, but, you know, playing a full game and then putting it back to back, you know, two weeks in a row and continuing that trajectory. And I think that the Steelers put themselves in that position to do so. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they're on a slightly short week, got one last day of preparation um, before they head down to Atlanta, back to back road games, but they are both indoors. First time they've had back to back indoor, you know, dome games. i I saw a stat that it was in the nineties that it's been that long. So who, what, what I find interesting, well, wait, first, before I get into that, let's go ahead and bring up the super chat for uh, four 99 into the tip jar very much from Donald Strong says, um, STL or super fan dad. Hey, that's me. Uh, says coming late to the show. You missed one more first with KP eight. It's his first win when trailing in the fourth quarter. First win when trailing. That's right. Because, it because they were tied going into the fourth quarter against New Orleans. They weren't trailing. So yeah, they were trailing in the when the fourth quarter started. Um the the possession where they scored it, it was still in the third quarter that they got the ball. But and that then which is exactly something very good. Thank you. Thank you, Donald. Um that's because that's something 
that I wanted to get to for because last week I I thought the Steelers did a great job in the first half last week of playing complimentary football in the first half. Every time the Bengals scored a touchdown, the Steelers answered with a touchdown in the first half. That did not happen in the second half. And then then with with this one, the, the Steelers did every did a lot of good things on offense in the first half. Like I said, I didn't like that it was three field goals and one touchdown. I felt that, you know, even a two and two split would have been much more acceptable and open up that lead a little bit more. But you know, Indy Indy came back, they got that touchdown to to bring it to a sin in six. The Steelers did do it. Um, you know, they went three and out. They they were down ready to score. The Steelers got the fumble. The offense once again went three and out. But when Indy came back and took the lead, what did the Steelers do on the very next drive? They drove it down the field and didn't settle for the field goal to take the lead. They finished it off with the touchdown at the most important drive of the game at that point. So when they needed the touchdown the most, in my opinion, out of all the drives, you know, as the, the way the game played out, that was the most important to get one and they finished it up with a two-point conversion to have that seven-point lead which was really big i don't know how i would have reacted if i knew that the steelers could have lost the game with a with a touchdown and next point who would who knows what coach saturday would have done if he'd have done the the two-point conversion thing but it didn't matter because the steelers kept them out of the end zone at the end i felt that the steelers got back to complimentary football in this in the fourth quarter this game because after they got the touchdown to take the lead, what did the defense turn around and do? They got a three and out. They got a three and out. So um, just uh, this is something to build on. Still not perfect. Still things the Steelers can do better on offense, be a little bit more efficient, but they are definitely making progress again. The defense, you know, the you can't complain about that first quarter. That first quarter with defense, zero yards given up, uh, was absolutely amazing. But you know, this is the NFL. You can't do that for four straight quarters. Um, and the but the defense came through, got the job done. Concerned about the kick coverage is is a big thing to really grow on. But uh, enjoy this win, Steelers fan. Enjoy fans. Enjoy this win. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We will have a lot of stuff coming out with on a condensed week because you know I'll have my I'll have my by the numbers. The, the knee-jerk reaction article is already up in there. It was up tonight, not long after the game, like it normally is. For those that really like to enjoy that one, um, I'll have my numbers article. I will have my game ball article because the Steelers won the game that won't come out to the morning because it was a night game. I don't think anyone wants to read it at 3 a.m. Um, so, but we'll have that. We'll have grades. We'll have winners and losers, all kinds of great stuff at the website. And we we're also bringing you all the podcasts in a condensed form. Tomorrow's going to be a crazy day. You've got Jeff Hartman with the winners and losers. You got bad language. You're going to have a hangover early. You're going to have a Scobro show late because it is Tuesday might be a little bit later because of because of an obligation with big brosco it might be closer to 9 30 but you're going to get two live shows tomorrow night for those of you here on, on YouTube and Facebook um then we're, we're just you're like wait but it's Tuesday where's where what about the cutting room floor and what about the Steelers fix you're still going to be getting those they're just we're just compiling and 
one of those might even be tomorrow. I can't remember how we're compressing the schedule. I know Jeff went over it on his Let's Ride, but just if, if just make sure you're checking out our audio only channel and all that stuff will be there. Um, Daniel, I'm going to give you the last words if you want them here, but, but before I send us off, if you have anything else that you want to say about this game and about this team right now. Man, I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about the direction that they're heading into. Um, I know it's it's kind of hard to say when you're four and seven that you know you're excited about a team, but this was a team in a season that I think everybody expected there to be some growing pains and some growth, and it's exciting to see that those that growth is starting to come to fruition on the field, and we're starting to see this team come together, and I think they're going to make a. Uh, a push to be respectable at the end of this year. Does that end up with a uh, winning record? That's yet to be determined. Yeah. But I think that positive play on the field is a good thing to see as well. I'm, I'm ecstatic, ecstatic about the remaining portion of this season. We have a short week. One, one show that won't change y'all is going to be mine on Saturday morning. <laughs> so y'all can expect to see that as normal where – you know, it's called Stay the Steelers, where I try to answer some of the tough questions. You can check it out on Behind the Steel Curtain every Saturday morning. That's all I got for you guys. Yeah, I, I like the way you said that, you know, to fight fight your way to be respectable. Be respectful. I still want the Pittsburgh Steelers to be that team that teams aren't like, oh, yeah, this 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 is an easy one. They've got to worry about still playing the Steelers. Each I, I don't want Baltimore coming into coming into Acrisure Stadium in a couple of weeks and thinking, oh, it's just the Steelers. Um, the way that they've had with the Panthers and the Jaguars the last two weeks, I don't think they can say that because of their own problems. But I don't want that main. I, I don't care about them. I don't want that from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't want them to be a team that everyone thinks, oh, well, yeah, we, we got this one. No, respectable. I think you're right, right on there. Thanks for hanging with us for a late show. We went a little bit long, but man, it's exciting to get that W in prime time. It really is. Uh, and make sure you, you're checking out everything that we've got coming. I'll be back on soon. Daniel will be here on Saturday. And uh, thanks for joining us and go Steelers. Everybody else gets a little tight.